In his book, Difficulties in Mental Prayer, uh, Dom Eugene Boylan gives us an invitation to, uh, to reflection upon uh, the basic foundation of the spiritual life. He says one of, the, one of the main difficulties in mental prayer is the fact that, that oftentimes our, our, the rest of our life is not necessarily kind of cleaned up yet, so to speak. There are still things that are, that are going on that, that need to be tended to to make our prayer more fruitful, to make it more efficacious, to allow it to, to be the transformative union that it is called to be for us. And so he lays this foundation. He says there's a fourfold purity that we must maintain as the foundation to a, a fruitful life of prayer. This fourfold purity is that of purity of conscience, purity of heart, purity of mind, and purity of action. The purity of conscience is first. It is for us never deliberately to sin against the Lord or to depart from his will. Again, this is deliberately. This is a, a kind of obstinacy. All of us will sin. The scriptures remind us that the righteous man sins seven times a day. All of us will fall short in the midst of our trials, in the midst of the temptations that we have, in the midst of the, of the testings of our daily life, we will fall short. That's why we have the confessional. It's why we have the grace of the sacraments so frequently available to us. But it is for us not to, to simply remain in that place. It is for us not to allow sin to stay there without us doing something about it. It's not to become okay with it, having a home in our soul, so to speak. Additionally, it's not good for us if we know the will of the Lord and intentionally go the opposite direction. God will have the final say, just as he did with Job, but it is for us uh, to be able to follow our Lord and to seek after his will and to choose it, because it is indeed always that which is best for us and for others. And so, it is for us to have a pure conscience, not having sinned intentionally against the Lord or departing from his will. It is for us also to have purity of heart. All of us have affections and attachments of our hearts. All of us, uh, I pray, love our spouses or children or family or friends. If you don't love those people, then I would wonder if something wrong with your soul. We should love them. We should be attached to them so that we would miss them in some manner if we don't see them for a bit. This is good and healthy and normal. But it's for us to assure that, that all affections and all attachments that we experience in this life are subjected to that of our Lord first and foremost that he is the one to whom our hearts had belong wholly and entirely, and everything else falls behind that. Everything else, being willing to set aside for the sake of Christ, for love of Christ, to be willing to be detached from, as the Lord may will, even if painfully. And so it's for us to love the Lord above all things and to attach ourselves primarily then to him. It is for us also to have purity of mind, this is to keep custody of our thoughts, imagination, our memory, and our emotions. Again, these things are regular parts of the, the human person. They're part of our daily life. All of us have emotions. And emotions are not bad or good in themselves. It's what we do with them that determines their morality. A person can be angry, but if they're angry and, and interiorly, but still willing to manifest charity, it is a virtue. If one is angry and then one lashes out in violence, whether in physical, physical violence or, physical or, or violent speech perhaps, that is not virtue, it is vice. 
And so the same emotion arising within an individual can give rise to either virtue or vice. Again, it's what we do with it that is a really determining factor. In a similar manner, also our thoughts, imagination, and our, our memory. All of these things are also used in regular daily life, and the devil wants to try to pull us away from the Lord by injecting himself in some manner into them. Who among us, in the midst of our prayer, or in the midst of Holy Mass, or especially at the time of Holy Communion, where we're getting close to receiving our blessed Lord and the life that he gives to us in the sacraments, have not had random thoughts come to our mind that pull us away, that might distract us in some manner, that have our imagination go down what kind of rabbit hole we know not, or to be able to bring up memories of the things of the past, the things that we have done. And typically, it's not edifying things. Often the devil will come up and, and try to bring forward the sins of our past so as to discourage us from receiving Holy Communion, th thinking not that we are in the state of grace and that was the past we've been forgiven, but rather that those things still trouble us and that we ought to refrain from communion to bring it to the confessional again. See, all of these things, the memory, the... the, the, the the memory, the thoughts, and the imagination, all of these things are active elements, but it's a similar thing with the emotions. It's what we do with them that, that, that gives us uh, the morality or lack thereof. If we're willing to chase it away, to turn to our Lord, to our Lady, to St. Michael, to our favorite patron, it is virtue. If we follow the rabbit down the hole, it is vice. Again, all of these things come to us and they come in all various ways at all various times, usually unaware or, or just kind of out of the blue very often. But it's for us to keep custody and to seek to do and to choose the good. And lastly, it is in our actions. Purity of our actions is really to look at our motives and what we do and why we do it. All of us have motives when we do things. It's out of duty because this is what we're supposed to do, perhaps, or it's to be able to please another person, to please the good Lord, to please our family, to please our parents, our spouse, you know, etc. It's to be able to, uh, to do a whole variety of those kinds of things, and sometimes it's simply to please ourselves. And so it's to look at the motives of why is it that we do the things that we do? Because here again, if we choose them out of, out of, a, out of a reality of duty and service to another, out of love of neighbor or love of God, again, virtue, if we do it for selfish, uh, selfish uh, reasons, to be able to gain something for ourselves or to get notoriety or these kinds of things, vice. And so again, so what is the purity of our motives? Are they focused upon our blessed Lord, upon charity towards others, or in some manner mixed up with ourselves? And so this purity that we are called to possess of conscience, of heart, of mind, and of action it is a thing which Dom Eugene also gives us a practical sort of examination of conscience to be able to do this and to determine to some degree what is the, the state of the purity of our own mind and heart and action and conscience. And it is a simple thing that every one of us can do in any place at any time. It is simply, as he would say, to look the Lord in the face. Now, as a child, I remember often hearing the phrase, son, look me in the eyes. And usually that phrase came whenever I had done something wrong and I was looking down at the ground because I knew I had done something wrong and I didn't want to look at my dad because I knew I'm in trouble. And if I just don't look at him, then maybe it'll kind of pass over me and I'll just escape free from all of this, right? 
But to be able to be, to, to be told, look me in the eyes, was, was to look up and to see the one, and then he could see the guilt all over my face, and I felt the guilt viscerally. And then I knew that something was going to happen afterwards. Very often I would, I would get a talking to of some sort, or perhaps be grounded, or have something that I enjoy taken away. There would be a punishment of some sort. But in a similar manner, we're called to, to do the same with the good Lord, except it's for us not to be, uh, not to be you know, caught in fear to look upon him, but simply to look upon him and, and to experience the gaze of Jesus Christ. Let's suggest there are four ways that we can do it, and again, they allow us to experience it and, and to offer this at any moment of the day. The first is the easiest in the sense of availability. It is simply for us to quiet our mind, to quiet our heart, and to open ourselves before the Lord and to simply look at Him, to allow Him to look at us, to be willing to be seen by Him. In this, there is a great opportunity to allow the Lord to look upon us and for us to feel, is there a visceral response? Is there something within me that cries out for purification? But we're also humans, and so we are not simply spiritual beings, but we are also bodily ones. And so another way in which this might be helpful is to look upon the crucifix, whether in the church, in a chapel, in our home, wherever we may find ourselves. To look upon the crucifix and there to see the manifestation of God's love for us, to see His outpouring of mercy given to us on the cross, to look upon Him and allow Him to speak. Furthermore, we can come to the church and place ourselves before the tabernacle, and although He is veiled to our eyes by virtue of the tabernacle itself, we are not veiled to His. If we're willing to simply place ourselves before the tabernacle and to gaze at the tabernacle, open to receive the love of the Lord, open to receive the, the, the look of grace that he wants to, to give to us, here too something may happen. But I think the most fruitful of them all, if also with the most rare, is that of Eucharistic adoration. Whenever our Lord is, is there in the monstrance, looking upon us, present, waiting for us to look upon him, it is there that we are able to look God in the face in a true and physical sense, to gaze upon Him and to be caught up in the gaze of Christ as well. And when we do this, it is very likely, if we are attentive, that something may happen in us, that something may arise that again calls out for purification, that there is something that, that needs resolution. And if we acknowledge in ourselves and we recognize within ourselves a temptation, especially if it's the visible things, if we're looking at the cross, the tabernacle, or our Lord in the monstrance, if we feel that inclination to kind of cast our eyes down a bit, this is also a good indicator. And sometimes it's just we kind of feel viscerally uncomfortable. But whatever it is, it is for us to speak to the Lord about these things. If there is something that arises within that we acknowledge and that we understand clearly, then it's to bring it to Him. Sometimes that means going to sacramental reconciliation, to go to confession and, and to be cleansed in the precious blood of Jesus. Sometimes it's simply to, to make a reconciliation with another. Sometimes it's to be able to, to, to kind of set oneself back again on the, on the track where our good resolution may have been there, but we faded out a bit. We've kind of grown cold in our love for the Lord and the living of our faith. 
All of these ways are, are ways in which the Lord may convict us and be inviting us to a purification of our spirit. It is for us to be docile in this, though, to be open to receiving it. I recognize also that, that just as when I was a child, that if I looked up, I knew that, that I would feel that, that visceral guilt. But I also learned that if I just try to muster up as much anger as I can, I can look at my dad with angry eyes, and I could just be full of anger so I wouldn't feel the guilt, and I would just be kind of dagger shooting out of my eyes because I didn't want to look at him with an openness. It was hardened. It was to put something up so as not to be feeling guilty. And it's for us, too, that sometimes we can come before the Lord and we harden our hearts before him, not willing to look at him. And so it's here, too, to ask the Lord the grace to help us to look upon him, to see and to be seen and to respond in some manner, to repent of our sins, to convert, to become more and more perfectly like Christ. Now, acknowledging these things, that middle ground is where we would hope all to be, wherein we can go before our Lord and we can recognize that, that there are things that need to be dealt with from time to time. A regular occurrence, simply just to, to make little amends here and there with others or to, to kind of straighten up things within our own soul. But there are also two extremes to this. One extreme is that of sensitive souls or those who may be tending towards scrupulosity. If one goes before the Lord and is perpetually feeling like the worst thing in the world and everything is terrible and we just are never, never you know, really worthy of the Lord's presence and all this kinds of thing, if, if, if sin tends to be, become kind of a monstrous reality, then it's then that we might seek some advice from a spiritual guide, someone ahead of us in the spiritual life, and say, is this reasonable? Am I, am I blowing this out of proportion? It could be a helpful thing to get some, some guidance from someone on this. But even more so, simply to ask the Lord, Lord, heal me of this. Heal me of this, of this sensitivity that I experience. If it's good and true, let it remain. But Lord, if it is not of you, if it is more, more you know, out of proportion or, or, or off, you know, off, um, offline than, than, than what it should be, Lord, cleanse it and purify it. And on the other direction, if one goes before the Lord and looks upon him face to face and nearly never has anything that arises within that says this needs purification, it would be my suggestion that you don't have so much to look at our Lord as much as you need to look at a little examination of conscience booklet in the back of the church to acknowledge what is sin. Because sometimes we've done some fantastic mental gymnastics to make sure that, that our sin is, is uh, reasoned away in some means, or that we simply have never even heard that it was a sin on account of porta catechesis, or that the priest mentioned it one time in a homily and we happened to miss it that moment. It's for us to do a good examine of our conscience as well, and to ensure that we're not just kind of giving ourselves a free pass before the Lord. And so as, as we come and offer this Holy Mass, we rejoice in this grace of being able to behold Jesus Christ once more in the Holy Eucharist, to see him face to face. Let us pray that that fourfold purity might increase within our own hearts, that each day we may be able to examine ourselves in our conscience, our mind, our heart, and our actions, and to see where it is that the Lord is seeking us to be purified, to sanctify us, indeed to make us more and more like himself.